Good morning, and welcome to the radio broadcasts of the Brinesburg Missionary Baptist Church. Our Savior lives. Would you stand with us, please, as we sing, He Lives. I serve a risen Savior. He's in the world today. I know that He is living, whatever men may say. I see His hand of mercy. I hear His voice of cheer. In just the time I need Him, He's always near. He lives, He lives. Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me and talks with me along life's narrow way. He lives, he lives, salvation to impart. You ask me how I know he lives. He lives within my heart. In all the world around me, I see his loving care. And though my heart grows weary, I never will despair. I know that he is leading through all the stormy blast. And the day of his appearing will come at last. He lives, he lives, Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me and talks with me along life's narrow way. He lives, he lives, salvation to So Christian, lift up your voice and sing. Eternal hallelujahs to Jesus Christ the King, the hope of all who seek Him, help of all who find. Mother is so loving, so good and kind. He lives, He lives, Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me and talks with me along life's narrow way. He lives, He lives. share with us and prepare us for the message this morning. We're going to sing, start off with a song that reminds us where victory is found, it's in Jesus. Would you stand with us as we sing that great old song, Victory in Jesus. Repented of 
plunge me to victory beneath the cleansing flood. I heard about his healing of his cleansing power revealing how he made the lame to walk again and caused the blind to see. And then I cried, dear Jesus, come and heal my broken spirit. And somehow Jesus came and brought to me the victory. Oh, victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. He sought me and he bought me with his redeeming blood. He loved me ere I knew him, and all my love is due him. He plunged me to victory beneath the cleansing flood. I heard about a mansion he is built for me in glory, and I heard about the streets of gold beyond the crystal sea about the angels singing and the old redemption story and some sweet day i'll sing up there the song of victory sing it out here come on now oh victory jesus my savior forever he saw and he bought me with his redeeming blood. He loved me ere I knew him, and all my love is to him. He, one more time on the chorus, he'll you victory beneath the cleansing flood. Oh, victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. He sought me and he bought me with his redeeming blood. He loved me ere I knew him and all my love is to him. He plunged me to victory beneath the this morning for that. Amen. Thank you. Be seated. I am not skilled to understand what God would will, what God has planned. I only know at his right hand stands one who is my savior i take him at his word and deed christ died to save me this i read and in my heart i find a need of him to be my savior 
that he would leave his place on high and come for sinful men to die. You counted strange, so once did I. Before I knew my Savior, now, my Savior loves, my Savior lives, my Savior's always there for me. My God, He was, my God, He is, my God, He's always gonna be. My Savior loves, my Savior lives, my Savior's always there for me. My God, He was, my God, He is, my God, He's always gonna be. Yes, living, dying, breathe. My strength, my soul is from this spring. That he who lives to be my king once died to be my savior. That he would leave his place on high and come for sinful men to die. You counted strength, so once did I. Before I knew my Savior, sing. My Savior loves, my Savior lives, my Savior's always there for me. My God, he was, my God, he is, my God, he's always gonna be. My Savior loves, my Savior lives, my Savior's always there for me. My God, he was, my God, he is, my God, he's always gonna be. Yes, living life be free. My strength, my soul is from this spring. That he who lives to be my king once died to be my savior. This morning as we continue on with this focused time of prayer during our service, those of you who are at home through television or, or Facebook Live, just join together with your family. If your family's here with you this morning, join together with them. And I know we bring a lot into any given service, a lot of stresses, a lot of things that have gone on during our week. Uh, some of us have been uh, through a lot. Maybe you've received some very serious health news from the doctor. Maybe you've experienced uh, trauma of some type this week. There's just a lot of things that could have gone on this week. Many of us have a loved one, someone very close to us that we're praying uh, that they'd come to know Christ. And that's a, a burden on our heart right now for their salvation. Uh, whatever the need might be, right now let's just come before the Lord. Let's, let's bow our hearts before Him and bow in position as well with our physical body. And let's just ask the Lord to focus our hearts on worship today. Let's pray. Lord, thank you. Thank you for being a God who knows our every need, our every concern, our every worry, Lord. And you've told us that we need not worry because, Lord, you're the God who can take care of every need. Lord, you own the cattle on a thousand hills. And so if our need is a financial need, Lord, you'll take care of us. Lord, 
you are the great physician. And so if our need is physical in nature, Lord, you'll heal. You'll bring the healing that we need one way or the other, Lord, we can trust you. Lord, if it's relationships, you're the God of reconciliation. Lord, but for those of us that are praying for the lost, we know that you are the God of salvation. And so, Lord, this morning we come to you and we pray for all of these many needs. Lord, we pray for our loved ones who are physically sick. We pray for the broken relationships in our lives. Lord, we pray for the lost. And we pray that you would do the work in their lives that only you can do. And that, Lord, you would use us to be an encouragement to folks. Lord, you would use us to be a mouthpiece to take the gospel message to folks. But most importantly, Lord, that our lives would be lived to bring you honor and glory and praise. And so, Lord, as we continue to worship, Lord, have your will, have your way. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
see everybody here this morning. Y'all stand with us. We're going to sing a couple songs. We're going to start out with a song at Calvary. Uh, it's it's not like the one in the hymn book. Uh, the words are. Y'all sing along with us here. Years I spent in vanity and pride Caring not my Lord was crucified Knowing not it was for me he died at Calvary. By God's word at last my sin I learned. Then I trembled at the law I spurned. Till my guilty soul imploring turned to Calvary. And your grace was free There your pardon multiplied to me There my burden so found liberty At Calvary At Calvary Now I give to Jesus everything know him as my king now my raptured soul can only sing of Calvary yeah. where your mercy and your grace was free there your pardon multiplied to me there my burden so found liberty it salvation's plan oh the grace that brought it down to man oh that mighty gulf that God did span at Calvary yeah there your mercy and your grace was free there your power 
sing for joy. Abide with me. One last time. Abide with me. Today you'll be listening to the message preached by our pastor, Brother Brad Walker, during our Sunday morning worship service. May God bless you as you listen to his message. And I don't know about you, but I'm excited uh, about this morning because we are going to be uh, beginning a study that I've been looking forward to since I uh, came to you as pastor. Studying the book of Revelation is one of those things that we, we need to do at the right time. And the Lord just laid on my heart that this is the right time. Uh, all that our world is going through, all that our nation is going through, all that we as families and individuals are going through, this is the right time. And so this morning we're embarking on what I believe to be a very exciting adventure. Uh, we're going to be studying the revelation of Jesus Christ. Uh, and this is a wonderful book. It has uh, sadly been, many times been misunderstood. It's been misrepresented by some. It's been misinterpreted. Um, the book of Revelation has been avoided by many because they believe that, that reading it and studying from it and, and preaching from it uh, will lead to uh, confusion. And that's sad because anyone who takes the time to study the book of Revelation will soon discover that it is not hard to comprehend. In fact, we're told in Scripture that the only people it'll, it'll be hard to understand are for the unbelievers. Uh, but the diligent student, the serious student of this book will soon discover that Jesus Christ is more clearly revealed here in Revelation than He is anywhere else for us in Scripture, even the Gospels, he is, he is more clearly revealed to us here in Revelation. This is not a book to be avoided. It is a book for us to study and dig deep into. And so beginning this morning, I want us to take a trip. All of us have been looking forward to taking trips uh, because of COVID-19. We haven't been able to go anywhere. Well, we're not going to be able to, t- to go to a different geographical location, but we're going to take a trip into the future here. And we're going to move through this paragraph by paragraph over the next several months and make amazing discoveries all along the way. And so just a few quick thoughts that are important for us as we enter into the book of Revelation. First, the date of its writing. Uh, Some liberal scholars date it later, but there is no evidence to date the writing of uh, the book of Revelation any later than the first century, in most say 95 A.D. The author is John the Beloved, the same apostle who penned the Gospels and the epistles that bear his name. Uh, it's, it's not really a dispute here because he clearly reveals who he is in Revelation 1.1, in Revelation 1.4, in Revelation 1.9, as well as in Revelation 22.8. 
The title here is the revelation of Jesus Christ. Not revelations, it's revelation. It is the revelation of Jesus. The key verse is found in chapter 1 verse 19. That verse offers us a very clear three-part outline to the events that will unfold here in Revelation. This verse is the key to understanding the book altogether. The Revelation is the only book in the Bible to contain its own divinely inspired outline. And it's given to us there in verse 19. And it goes as follows. First, the things which thou hast seen in chapter 1. And then secondly, the things which are, which will be in chapters 2 and 3. And then thirdly, the things which shall be hereafter in chapters 4 through 22. A little background here. This book was written during a very dark day for the early church. They were suffering terrible persecution under the iron hand of the Roman emperors. And this book was written to give hope. It was written to give comfort. It was written to give encouragement in the struggles that the early church was facing, but also that we will face. This book was also given to them to let them know how the plan of God would eventually play out. And so they are made to understand that God has a plan for the future and that his plan includes the destruction of Satan, of sin, and this wicked world, and the redemption of creation and God's own people and the exaltation of the Lord Jesus Christ. This great plan will take shape far more clearly as we move through the pages here of this wonderful book. Now the least that you need to know when studying the book of Revelation Um, First of all, you need to know that this book is a book of prophecy. It speaks of future events in what is often symbolic language. The language, however, is clearly defined and it will be clearly explained by the book itself. And so by reading Revelation, you can understand Revelation. This book uh, is also closely tied to the Old Testament. In fact, of the 404 verses in Revelation, 278 refer to the Old Testament in some way. And out of those 278 verses, there are over 800 allusions to the Old Testament events. So a working knowledge of the entire Bible is necessary to understand all that is taking place in this book. The book of Revelation and the book of Genesis kind of stand as great bookends of God's creation here. Many of the things that we see beginning in Genesis have their conclusion now in Revelation. Things like sin, Satan, creation, the curse, heaven, earth, redemption, they all come full circle by the time that we reach this book of Revelation. Now, I know that that is a lot of introductory information, so I hope I haven't already lost you this morning. I hope that you're still with me this morning. And if you are, uh, then I want you to join me here as we begin this great journey through a wonderful and I believe a vitally important book. Please stand with me in honor of the reading of God's Word this morning. We're just going to look at the first three, book, uh, the first three verses of chapter 1 of Revelation. The the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him to shew unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass. And he sent and signified it by his angel unto his servant, John, who bear record of the word of God and of the testimony of Jesus Christ and of all things that he saw. Blessed is he that readeth 
and they that hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written therein for the time is at hand. You may be seated. These first three verses here um, are a solid introduction to the content, the, the entirety here of the book of Revelation. And so, as we dig into the words for just a few minutes this morning, I want to try and and glean here a greater understanding of all that we're going to be studying throughout the next several months. These three little verses reveal some of the essential principles that really govern all of the content in the book of Revelation. So first we see the person of the revelation. It's, it's very clear. It's right there at the very beginning of verse 1, the person of the, re- of the revelation. This is the book about Jesus. This entire book of Revelation is about Jesus. Your Bible uh, might title it the revelation to John, but that's just the title that was given to it by a man. However, the title that was given to it by God is the title that was given in verse 1, which it says the revelation of Jesus Christ. And that is what the book is. Jesus Christ is the theme of the entire Bible. As we look at our Bible, we might recognize it as being a hymn book because it is a book about Him entirely. It is all about Him. Everything in the Bible points to Him. It points to Jesus in one way or another. And you can find Him on every page and every chapter and in every event. But the book of Revelation, more so than any other book in the Bible, is a book about Him. This is about Jesus Christ. It is a revelation or an unveiling of the person, the purposes, the plans, the power, and the promotion of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so, during Jesus' earthly ministry there in the, in the first century, He was veiled to even the people around Him. He was not recognized by most people as God, even though He was God in the flesh. In fact, the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians 2.8 that if they had known who Jesus was, that they would not have crucified Him. If they, if they clearly understood who He was, then they would not have crucified Him. But now, there was one occasion when the veil of the flesh was pulled aside and the glory of Jesus Christ shone forth. Now, that happened on the Mount of Transfiguration in Matthew chapter 17, verses 1 through 8. And there, the heavenly glory concealed beneath human flesh burst forth. And at that point, it was clear who Jesus truly was. However, that event was only witnessed by Peter, James, and John. The rest of the people, even the rest of the disciples, did not have an opportunity to see Jesus in all of his glory like they got to. When the world looked at Jesus, all they saw many was his poverty and his humanity. They saw a carpenter from Nazareth. Some saw an upstart man with strange and dangerous teachings. The last view that many people in the world had of Jesus was that of a convicted criminal dying in sorrow and shame and suffering on a Roman cross. The book of Revelation tells us that the world has not seen the last of the Lord Jesus though. He is coming again. And when he comes the second time, he is not destined for a cross, but for a crown. He is not coming as a suffering lamb, but as a sovereign Lord. He is not coming in shame and in poverty, but in splendor and in power. 
There is a coming a day when Jesus Christ will come and he will be revealed to the whole world. They will see him as he truly is. This is the clear teaching of Scripture. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 7, the word there is that he is coming. In 2 Corinthians 1, 7, the word there is that he will, he will be revealed. In 1 Peter 1, 7, the word is appearing. Do you get the picture of what is being said here about Jesus? Jesus is coming and the world will see him as he truly is, for who he truly is. Revelation 1-7, Jesus is coming to the world and they will see who he is. And Revelation 1-7 clearly shows us who he is. Behold, he cometh with clouds and every eye shall see him. And they also which pierced him and all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him. Even so, amen. He's coming in power and glory and majesty. And as the chapters of this book unfold, we see that Jesus is the solution to all of the problems in the world. Do you see that our world today has some problems? Do you see that, that the world today needs some answers? Well, Jesus Christ is the answer to every problem that our world sees. We'll see that he is the only hope for fallen man. We see a world in turmoil and in tribulation and that Jesus is the answer in that need. We see that when everything else is gone, when sin is gone, when Satan is gone, when sorrow is gone, when everything like that has been defeated, Jesus will still be Lord. And so regardless of what you might be facing this morning, whatever you've brought into this place today, remember that Jesus Christ is the answer. He is your only hope. He is the way and the truth and the life. And no man cometh unto the Father but by Him. And so we see God's promise to Jesus in Philippians 2 verses 9 through 11. And it is all fulfilled here in the book of Revelation. Jesus came to this world to give his life for humanity. He came to reveal God and to redeem God's elect. He, he gave his life for us and God has promised to exalt him because of that. And we will see that accomplished here in the book of Revelation. We will see him high and lifted up. Verse 1 says, which God gave unto him. It reminds us that when Jesus became a man, he voluntarily gave up the independent use of some of his divine prerogatives. When Jesus was here, he plainly said that he did not know the hour of his own coming. Only the Father. Now some believe that the revelation is God giving this information to Jesus. But there's a problem with that view. This book does not tell us the day and the hour when Jesus will come. It does, however, give us a full revelation of the glory that he will display and receive in the future. But secondly this morning, I want you to see the purpose of the revelation in the second part of verse 1. We see the purpose of the revelation. The purpose of this book is clearly stated in verse 1, to show unto the servants things which must shortly come to pass. Now this book is given to the people of God so that they might be able to comprehend God's master plan for the future. Verse 3 reminds us that this book is a book of prophecy. Now there are two different types of prophecy. One meaning of that word is forth telling. That is what I am doing right now. 
I am taking the word of God, which has been given to me, and I am foretelling that word to you. And there is a sense in which preaching is prophecy in that what we are doing is foretelling. We are giving forth the witness that has been given to us. But the other use of the word carries the idea of foretelling. That is of revealing truths and events before they ever occur. And both of those types of prophecy occur in the book of Revelation. In, in Revelation verse, in uh, chapters 1 through 3, we see forth telling chapters, like what we're doing in preaching today. But chapters 4 through 22 are foretelling chapters, telling of future events of things that have yet to come. And so this revelation of Jesus Christ is given to his servants. The word servant is the word doulos. That word refers to one who gives himself up to another willingly as a slave. It brings to mind the law of the bondservant in Exodus chapter uh, 21 verses 1 through 6 that if a man became indebted to another that he was to work off that debt through seven years of servitude and after those seven years he would be free to go as a free man. At the end of those seven years though if the, if the debt was considered paid and yet he still wanted to stay because of his love for his master then his right ear would be pierced with a dowel rod to show that he was a bondservant, that he was a servant by choice, by love for the master. And the hole in his ear would mark him as the one who served the master by choice out of love for that master. That is who we are. That is what we are called to do. This book is for the people of God. Those of us who are bond servants to the Lord Jesus Christ, we serve him by choice out of a love for him. The lost man or woman will have real trouble grasping the truths contained in this book because they are words intended for those who serve the Lord out of a heart of love. We do not serve the Lord because he is forcing us to out, out of, out of a, a fear that we will be damned if we don't continue to serve. We serve him out of love for our master. And so many in our world today, many in our culture today, they don't understand the book because they don't love the author. And so as I said earlier, these things are spiritually discerned and so the lost will have difficulty understanding them, but the saved have the Holy Spirit to interpret. So we're told that another purpose of this book is to reveal things which must shortly come to pass. Many people read this book and they think of a shortness of time. Now, if that is the case, we have a problem because this was written almost uh, 2,000 years ago. This revelation was given by Jesus Christ to John almost 2,000 years to go. And most of this still has not been fulfilled. This phrase simply means, though, that when these things begin to take place, they will happen in a short period of time. So the events of Revelation that were made clear almost 2,000 years ago once those events begin to unfold, one will follow the other in rapid succession. The word, the word shortly 
translates to two Greek words, in meaning in, and tetros, which means quickly or swiftly. We get our English word taxi from that word. If you need to get somewhere in a hurry in a big city, all you have to do is flag down a taxi. You sit in that taxi, and that taxi is going to take off, and you're going to get there swiftly. And that's the way that end times will take place, that once they begin, they will take off like a speeding taxi. Anybody ever made the mistake of getting in a taxi at the airport and not really realizing what you were doing? And realizing that your life was in danger because of the speeds that you were going at? Uh, some of you that, that travel a lot and you have to go to, to airports, if you get in a taxi in a big city, they are going to fly. When you say you need to get there quickly, you're going to get there quickly. You're going to understand the meaning of the words swiftly and, and what is being referred to here. When these events begin to unfold, it'll be like that. You are taken off and you better hang on because it's going to happen in rapid succession. Verse 1 says that he sent and signified it by his angel. The word angel refers to a messenger. Jesus sent this word to John by a heavenly messenger service, much like the virgin birth was announced to Mary. But the word signified is very important to understand in this book. It means to give sign. It, it could be interpreted sign-ified. In other words, the Lord is letting us know that he will be speaking to us in symbolic language with word pictures throughout the book of Revelation. Now, why would the Lord use signs and symbols? Well, I believe there's a couple of reasons that we see clearly throughout the book. The symbols are a spiritual code. The church in that day was under very intense persecution, and the language used would have been clear to the redeemed, but it would have been much of a riddle to the lost who might desire to use the message of the book to try to attack the saints of God. But secondly, languages change, symbols do not. And so John was trying to write about events, uh, images, and people far into the distant future. And he didn't possess the vocabulary adequate to try to describe all that he was seeing. I want you to just try to imagine what this, this elderly apostle is seeing as, as Jesus reveals all of this to him. Can you imagine you trying to explain that? And so he uses symbols. He uses the language of his day to try to, uh, to describe events of our day and beyond our day, things that he didn't even know what he was looking at. And that's why the Lord sent this message in signs and in symbols. As the language has changed, the symbols retain their power, and they still speak to us today because we understand, okay, Jesus is, is talking about these kinds of events. So don't worry about the signs and the symbols that we're going to encounter, though, throughout the book. Because like I said, they are carefully and completely explained to us. They, each and every one of them will be carefully and completely explain. Remember, this book is not a hidden book. This is the book of revelation, an unveiling of eternal truth. He wants you to understand. So we'll encounter important symbols, important numbers, uh, numbers like 3, 4, 6, 7, 12, 6, 6, 6, and they all are explained in the book. We're told exactly what they mean. And so we will read about trumpets and bowls and seals, and they too are all explained in detail. Every symbol that we encounter will be defined for us. So don't, don't be scared to come and be like, I'm not going to understand. You will understand. 
Jesus explains every bit of this to us in the book of Revelation. He will reveal it to us. But thirdly, look at verse, the end of verse 1 and end of verse 2, and we see the penman of the Revelation. John is designed, he's designated here, to be the human author to this book. Now, who gave the revelation? Jesus Christ. Who wrote it down? John. So this is the son of Zebedee. He is the one that we see there in John 20, verse 2, and in in John uh, 21, verse 20, as the disciple whom Jesus loved. He is the one who rested his head on the breast of the Lord Jesus at the Last Supper. Even there, he was privy to divine secrets. You know what that shows us? That That it pays off to be close to the Lord. It pays off to be close to the Lord Jesus. He reveals things to his closest friends. You want to understand the deep things of God? You want to understand the, the, the truths of the Word of God? Stay close to Jesus, and he will reveal all that you want to know. Stay close to him. John is the one who left everything to follow Jesus. He is the one who stood at the cross of Jesus as the Lord hung there, dying He is the one who looked into the empty tomb on the morning of the resurrection, and we are told that he believed. This is the penman of this book. He was a faithful friend to the Lord Jesus and a faithful scribe to the Word of God. John tells us that he faithfully recorded everything that was revealed to him. He wanted us to know that he was careful, that everything that he was told, he wrote it down. If Jesus said, write it down, he wrote it down. And just as John had faithfully recorded an accurate record of the first advent of the Lord Jesus Christ in his gospel account, he tells us that he is doing the same thing with the revelation that has been given to him as well. That it will be faithful and that it will be full. These visions must have overwhelmed that old apostle though. I can't even imagine what he must have seen and felt. But he gives us a faithful record of the revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ. But then lastly, I want you to look there at verse 3, and we see the promise of the revelation. This is the only book in the Bible that comes with a built-in promise to those who will read it, hear it, and heed its message. God promises a special blessing to those who spend time in the book of Revelation. There are three present tense words used to describe who can expect to receive a blessing here. And those three words are readeth, hear, and keep. So he said, he that readeth. Now that refers to the one in in that day who would have publicly read the book. Now, of course, there wouldn't have been, we are so blessed today. I hope that you have your copy of the Word of God today, that you're holding it in your hand. You are so blessed today to have your own copy of the Word of God. That would not have been true in the first century. They would have had, each church might have had the opportunity to have one parchment. They might have had one opportunity for for the letter to, to have been held by one person. And so this is speaking of the one who would have read to the rest of the congregation. Blesses that person. The one who reads the book is promised a blessing. But it goes beyond that because he also says they that hear. It refers to the congregation that was sitting there and hearing the word of God. That means us today. That as the Word of God is read and as you hear it, there is a special blessing attached as you hear the Word of this great book. But then also, most importantly, that they that keep 
In other words, if you live this out, if you keep the words of this book, it speaks of those who will hear the message that is being read and they will live it out. Those who hear it, believe it, and live it can expect the Lord to bless them for their efforts in this book. And so we can expect the Lord to feed us and teach us as we move through this great book. But we can also expect the Lord to bless us because we are taking Him at His Word and we are reading, hearing, and keeping the words of this prophecy. And that's why I would encourage you to invite your one, your one to these services as we make our journey through the book of Revelation. Because I believe that the Lord will do for your one what He has done for countless millions throughout the centuries. As they have read and as they have studied and as they have heeded the words of this book, they have been saved. Because Jesus Christ is revealed so clearly and so gloriously in the book of Revelation that if the lost are here, the Holy Spirit will convict. And as they hear and as the Holy Spirit convicts, we will see individuals saved. So bring your one. Let them hear the blessed gospel message that is contained in this book. Invite others who believe. Invite others that you know need encouragement who are already believers. Because if they come, I believe they will be blessed along with you as they hear the Word of God proclaimed from this great book. So now we're told why this book is so important in the last phrase of verse 3. It says, for the time is at hand. That word time in that verse does not refer to time on the, the face of your watch. It means due time, a season, an era of time. God is telling us that we are nearing the end of this thing and and, and all that's going on in this book will give us help and hope as we see the end approaching. And so if the time was near 2,000 years ago, then you ask, why haven't these things come to pass? Well, first of all, God's clock does not operate like our clock. 2 Peter 3.8, but beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years and a thousand years as one day. So as we read that, he's only seen it as two days. So it hadn't really been that long, okay? It hadn't been that long. God does things in his own time and on his own schedule. We can't say, well, it's been 2,000 years. God doesn't work on our schedule, okay? But secondly, and this is the most important part here. God is giving lost sinners time to be saved in the day of grace, okay? You're one. Don't you want them to come to know Jesus before it's too late? So does he. So does he. 2 Peter 3, 9, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. In 2 Peter 3.15, an account that the long-suffering of our Lord is salvation. I want my one to come to Jesus. You want your one to come to Jesus. I want all of my kids, I want all of my family to know Jesus. And so, you know what? He's given them an opportunity to do that. And I thank the Lord for that. Friend, if you are here this morning, though, and if you are lost... If you're here this morning and you need Jesus, there's not a better day than today to be saved. The Jesus Christ, the glorious Lord, the Savior who is spoken of here in the book of Revelation is the one who desires to save you today. He he is revealing himself to you this morning. And so the question is, will you come to him? Will you repent of your sin? And will you trust him by faith 
and receive him as Lord and as Savior of your life. If that's the case, you're going to have an opportunity this morning to come, and and, and I, I can talk to you. We can answer any questions that you might have. And I'd love for you to come to know Jesus this morning. But maybe this morning uh, you just want to spend some time just saying, Lord, help me to be a diligent student of your word over the coming weeks. And help me to dig deep into this book and help it challenge me to be the gospel witness that you've called me to to be. And, And Lord, help me to go to my one. Help me to go to those individuals that I know you want me to take this message to as well. Maybe the Lord's speaking to you about something else. Maybe you need to join this fellowship this morning, make this your church family. Whatever the need may be in the coming moments, if the Lord's spoken to your heart, be obedient, and let's respond to him. Lord, Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning, and we thank you for this amazing book of Revelation. That, Lord, you have allowed us to know your word. You've allowed us to know your plan. Lord, by general revelation, we can look outside and we can see the, the, the sunrise and the sunset and the moon. And, and we can see the flowers and we can see the rivers and the lakes that you have blessed us with. And we can see the wonder of your creation and we can know that there is a God. But it is because of your special revelation through your word that we know that that God loves us and that we know that that God desires for us to repent of our sin and to cry out to him for salvation. And then when we do that, we don't just become a friend of God, but we become sons and daughters of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. It is through this relationship with the one who revealed himself in the book of Revelation, Jesus Christ, that we can have this relationship. And so I know we have some this morning. Maybe they're here in the worship center. Maybe they're watching on television. Maybe they're watching on Facebook Live. But today you have revealed yourself to them and you have caused them to recognize that they need that relationship. And if that's the case this morning, I pray that they would come. Lord, others of us have have need to make other decisions today. Help us to be obedient. But in all, Lord, in all of it, receive honor and glory and praise that you are due. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to our broadcast today from Bryansburg Missionary Baptist Church. If you need spiritual help with your relationship with the Lord, please call 270-527-3757. Also, we would like to invite you to attend our services. On Sunday morning, Sunday school begins at 10 a.m. and our worship service is at 11 a.m. On Sunday evening, discipleship training begins at 5 p.m. with our worship service at 6 p.m. You may also view our Sunday worship services live on Mediacom Inspiration Channel 93. On Wednesday night, our worship service begins at 7 p.m. Once again, thanks for listening and may God bless you and your family.